Welcome, listeners, to a brand new episode of The New Standard. And the title of the program is You Have to Spar Before You Box. And as always, I have my partner in crime to my left, Neil Kulong. What's up, Big Neil? Big day, Lance. A lot going on. Um, we have breaking news, in fact, within the last hour, according to NFL Network primary reporter Ian Rappaport, the Steelers are expected to sign veteran cornerback Desmond King, was recently released by the Houston Texans. We might remember him as a guy that uh, a few years back had a punt return touchdown against the Steelers in a brutal loss to the Chargers um, in primetime in Pittsburgh. I forget what year that was. Somebody can remind me that if they would like. A veteran player, I had floated the idea yesterday on uh, the emergency, the new standard podcast, if you happen to listen to that, uh, of kicking the tires on veteran Bradley Roby just to add a little bit more depth to that cornerback room. Um, they did not do that. Instead, they elected to go with King, a player I believe that they had some flirtation with uh, this offseason when he was a free agent. So uh, a solid veteran player. I think he adds a little bit to the room. The question is, Lance, what is going to be the corresponding move James Pierre, I think, was a little bit of a surprise, perhaps, of, of making the final roster. A little bit elevated of a contract nowadays for Pierre. He's past the rookie uh, uh, period of his tenure in the league. Maybe it's him. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised with pretty much anything that they do, but I would say this. Odds are good. There will be multiple moves the Steelers yes, make today. Absolutely. Um, especially considering, one, now they have – Coming up, they have a 54th guy on the roster. They're going to need to release somebody. And two, they have two punters on their roster. I don't think they're going into week one uh, with two punters on their roster. <laughs> yes. So stay tuned. Uh, we are watching The Wire now as we're recording the new, the new standard podcast here. 10.02 Eastern, 7.02 Pacific time. If something comes up between now and then, uh, certainly we will let you know here on the show, but um, this is going to be an active day. Uh, the cutdown day is active, but uh, the day after nowadays gets even more active. There will be trades. There will be further cuts across the league. There will be other signings. Lots of things are going to happen today. So uh, big day. We're excited. Yeah. And just to give uh, listeners a little rundown of Desmond King from a statistical standpoint, and I know it's always take PFF grades from with a grain of salt, he is a green-tiered player overall. He had a 73.2 PFF grade. Um, he had an 80 pass rush grade, a 72 uh, coverage grade, had 66 tackles last year, two picks, uh, was targeted 58 times, allowed 42 receptions. Solid player, like Neil said, former Iowa Hawkeye, who was drafted in 21-2017. Also, listeners, again, if you want to enjoy and listen to the program, Make sure you go to YouTube and do a search for the new standard to catch it live. You can also catch the show via podcast. Want to welcome everybody on the boards. Big up Marcus, Masher NFL, big up Big Mel, Ollie Howard Species, big up Donovan, big up everybody that has joined us. I wanted to talk about the, the two trades. And I think you did a good breakdown yesterday and talking about your thoughts of the Dotson and the green trade. And I'm just going to say it very briefly and just say this. Getting something for either one of those players, other than a hot bag of nickels, 
was a good thing. And clearly those two guys weren't in their plans. I thought you broke it down very eloquently yesterday and said when they signed two other interior offensive linemen, uh, the writing was on the wall, so to speak, like Daniel said. So I'm glad that the Steelers moved on. I'm glad that those guys get an opportunity to play football for somebody else. Uh, but I'm not surprised that Dotson uh, was moved out as well as uh, Kendrick Green. Uh, but the question for you, Neil, is since Green is gone, who is going to be Steeler Nation's new target of visceral <laughs> hate? Uh, Desmond King, maybe. I don't know. Uh, it, it's it's up in the air. I, I think people are pretty happy right now, top to bottom, with the shape of the roster. Uh, the decisions that are being made, obviously, we'll wait and see. Uh, how well things work out, but it, typically it's a veteran. Typically it's in a position that um, you most often see fail and you don't really see not much is made when they succeed. That's why so many of them are offensive linemen uh, or offensive coordinators. So if it's not Matt Canada, if we are only talking about players, um, Chooks Okorafor might be mine. Um, thank you, Marcus. I would love to say Najee Harris because Najee Harris is mine, but <laughs> Um, there are plenty of plenty of people uh, that still love Najee Harris for uh, I don't know why um, one reason or another. We blacked out Lance for a second there, but that's fine. Uh, we we switch spots here in the role. Um, what uh, my boy Marcus here was saying, Najee Harris going to be the new target. I, I personally I like that. <laughs> um, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I'll, I'll just say that. I think Najee has, Najee has too many uh, uh, stands running around. Um, there are too many people that believe in him for reasons that uh, largely don't exist, but they uh, want to jump on the bandwagon anyway. Najee is an okay back. He's all right, above average, not great. Um, he's not elite by any stretch. Uh, he'll get the ball in bulk. He will get opportunities to do things, um, and he will, to some degree, uh, produce with those opportunities how good he will be relative to his peers remains to be seen but if he has those volume stats everyone will think that he's great um, very much like they did last year one thing I will say about him is you put him in comparison to the other players that had the amount of touches that he did and above you will see that he ranked below pretty much all of them uh, in most statistical categories and that looked right to me uh, watching him but you know what we'll, we'll we'll see how he does we'll see how the offense does uh chooks is a pretty solid bet in my mind right away just the general loathing of him within the fan base plus his contract makes him a a, a fantastic target for uh the the whipping stick of the Steelers heading into this season I think you both Marcus's and you are dead wrong. And a great stat to check out for Najee is DYAR. Go to Football Outsiders and DYAR is a great stat yards above replacement to see uh, just where he ranks in terms of his production. I think the whipping boy, before we jump to the next topic, is going to be Mitch Trubisky. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. It's going to be Mitch Trubisky, man. Everybody hates Mitch. Everybody hates Mitch. I flogged Mitch plenty last year. I, I made a point to not lay into him after he finally got benched. And I even complimented him. He, he had a couple decent throws in there after that. They, they still needed him. Wouldn't be surprised if he's thrust into action again. I would probably be surprised if he was thrust into action and the Steelers won the game he played. But um, 
he is Mitch is, is safely tucked away where where he should be now. So it, it's it's hard to get after him. <laughs> um, but you know, even just yesterday, that Patriots game uh, came up, and I go back and and watch the show after that Patriots game. I, I went off on him. <laughs> it was, oh, he was terrible. <laughs> terrible, and Belichick completely picked him apart. Not that that's all that hard to do, but it was just – you could hear Belichick laughing in the middle of plays sometimes. He did exactly what he hoped Trubisky would do. Shut him out in the second half, completely wiped out the last five drives. Uh, mostly because Trubisky can't. Do and to Ty Britt, welcome to the program, eighteen twenty nine. Yeah, yes, thanks, thanks Ty Britt. Let's not take ourselves too seriously here. It, it's it's a joke topic anyway. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, Mitch is so hated that even the backup quarterback would be hated when it's Mitch Trubisky. But let's shift and let's talk about the other quarterback that everyone has to be excited about, and that's Kenny Pickett. And that goes to the quote in the title of the program. You have to spar before you box. And he was sparring. Let me give you some of these stats. And he was getting some good work in. Five drives, 13 of 15, 199, two TDs, 158.3 quarterback rating, a PFF grade of 94.7, 13.3 yards per attempt, which is crazy. First down percentage throws, 67%, completed 87% of his balls through no touchdowns. I mean, excuse me, no interceptions and no interception worthy plays. When you look at the quote, you have to spar before you box, you got to say, uh, Kenny Pickett was sparring. He was sparring his ass off and getting great work in this preseason. And I think his play along with the roster, is one of the things that has Steeler Nation just percolate. You know, you don't want to look at the 500-yard time of a marathon runner and, and reach lasting conclusions. The offense looked great. They executed in the times that uh, they were given to do that. We, we were excited about that, and rightfully so. They did what they were supposed to do. Uh, there's no deep hidden meaning or message behind that. They, they did what they were supposed to do, but you got to play four quarters in the regular season. I, I'm not proclaiming him an MVP. I'm not saying any of this yet. Um, he made some great throws, and he demonstrated the thing that I've, I've said time and time again that I really like about Kenny Pickett. The sum of his whole is, is greater than the sum of his parts. Individually, does he have a great arm? No, but he makes big throws. And we saw a couple of those, uh, probably with a bit more velocity than we saw last season. He looked like he played with a lot more confidence. Uh, he was aggressive. They opened things up a little bit, let him uh, make big-time throws, and he took those opportunities. To some degree, you'd argue that it's the preseason. Sit back and let it rip, and he did that. Um, it, it goes to show that he is capable of – uh, as Tomlin would say, performing at that level under the stadium lights. Uh, we saw that at the end of last season when he really continued to improve. We should be excited about it. Let's not, you know, put him at, at Patrick Mahomes level or anything like that. This is still an offense that's going to require some work. You know, for, for example, they're going to punt <laughs> at some point in the first half against San Francisco. They're going to punt. We know that's going to happen. Um, let's keep in mind comparing a, a team if we want to measure the progress of a team we have to look more at their last couple games from the previous season more so than the preseason games 
in doing that, we see an offense that has got some, some challenges in front of it, but they're getting better from where they started. They're going to continue to progress. I'm excited to see that progression. I don't think Kenny Pickett is going to be a 150-rated passer this year. I don't think the Steelers' <laughs> offense is going to score literally every time they touch the ball. Uh, it's not going to be a letdown when those things don't happen, especially against a very good defensive unit like San Francisco. But we're going to see good things out of it as well. I promise you, this time last year, I was not speaking optimistically about this offense at all. It's it's kind of fun to see that they actually have you know some value going into a season. Last two years, I was not optimistic about their offense. Um, they're going to be better. Pickett will it, having a healthy, physically able. A quarterback who sees the whole field, who can make good decisions, hopefully is not going to be restricted too much um, and, and is still That's able to key. make good decisions with the football. We haven't seen that in a couple of years. Ben's last year, they held back whatever Ben had left. Um, we certainly didn't see that during the, the reign of Mitch Trubisky in Pittsburgh. Pickett's going to have more going for him going into a season than we've seen the last couple of years. And I expect that he's going to step up to that challenge and he'll produce because I, I think he's a pretty good player. Um, the height of that remains to be seen. It's not going to, you know, Pickett's not going to show up and they're going to win games. There's a lot they still need to do, but we, we should be optimistic about it. I'm just trying to put it into the right context. Yeah. And, and I think what's exciting is I think Tom was going to let him box. And I think what we saw last year is, if you can't convince Mike Tomlin that opening up the offense will result in you turning over the football, he, he's going to pull the reins in. And I think Tomlin believes he has a good enough defense to play it like he did last year. So I think that was exciting that I think from the way Kenny performed in the preseason, I think he's going to let him box. I think he's going to let him throw some shots and I think he's going to let Kenny get loose. Now, it's up to Kenny to continue to perform well, not turn the ball over. The other thing I'm excited about when I look at Kenny Pickett is, as a fan, you want to see the work. When you see a player perform, you, you want to see the work. And it looks like Kenny Pickett has put some work in. I mean, right now you see all these videos on social media throwing one ball to Deontay Johnson and all of a sudden, you know, they're the best tandem ever. You see guys work, but it's great to see guys work and put in that work. And it's great to see the fruition of that work. And of course, it's the preseason, but you can tell that Kenny has put some work in um, on his craft and it's going to be exciting. And it's to what Neil said. This offense was so bad last year that anything that looks like a functional passing game will get you excited. And I think there's room to grow in this offense. I think Kenny Pickett, I mean, he definitely has sparred, putting in that work, and Tomlin's going to let him definitely box. Let's switch reels, though, Neil. Let, let, let's jump into this roster. Anything, and I know you talked about it, and make sure you guys check out the program yesterday where Neil went in depth about the roster. But for those who missed it, I want to ask you, Neil, again, first blush, when you look at the roster, Anything jump out at you? Other than the two punters? Yes. I see that coming. I remember back in the day when uh, they might keep a, a, a multitude of kickers on the roster because they're not sure who can kick the ball. Not really the case anymore. Uh, keeping two of them 
is sort of them holding back their trump card because they're going to play it a little bit later um it 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 signified they're not done yet and that's something that i'm going to guess is going to be true of every team pretty much everybody makes moves after uh the the initial cut down to 53 and they do that with good reason you don't know who's going to be out there and you you want to be careful with what you have um lined up for your team uh keep what you need knowing that some guys are going to get cut Keep in mind, too, there are also players. This has happened, I think, every year since they they shortened uh, the injured reserve time. Um, there are players that they have to keep on the 53-man roster in order to put on injured reserve. So maybe there's one of those that we don't know about. It's only four weeks. Um, that's I, I don't know if anybody is hurt or not, but the first thing I said when I saw that there were two punters, I thought uh, Presley Harvin did enough to keep his job. That, that was my reading of it. Maybe I'm wrong. But my initial thought, if they're keeping two punters, is maybe Harvin's hurt and we don't know about it. They're going to put yeah. him on IR. That could happen. We, we don't know. Um, a lot of guys in this roster, as much as we love to think that because we followed training camp play-by-play, play, we know their injury status. We don't know. Um, training camp is long since over. We don't have any mandated injury reporting, so we don't know who's hurt. Somebody could go on into reserve, reserve uh, requiring them to make another move somewhere else. Um, I thought it would behoove them uh, to look at a cornerback in free agency uh, after cuts, post-cuts among vested veterans when he can sign them right away. Uh, my guess was Bradley Roby. I thought the Saints cutting him was a little bit odd. Uh, I thought the Saints could have yeah. traded him. Um, that didn't happen. I, 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 somebody helped me out. To my knowledge, Roby hasn't signed anywhere yet. Maybe he's hurt. I don't know. But uh, King, roughly the same ballpark. Uh, a veteran cornerback. I'm not surprised that they made that move. There's a corresponding move that's going to come with it. There are going to be more of these throughout the day. It really just depends on who's available and who isn't. And you don't necessarily know that, which is why they kind of slow play their cuts. They give them out in, in, you know, certain measured numbers um, to stack up a ginormous waiver wire, which is what everybody in the league is going through right now. I believe that starts at noon Eastern uh, when people can be claimed and practice squads can be signed. So there's plenty of activity that's going to come throughout uh, today. And in doing that, um, I, it, I don't want to say there are any surprises on the roster because anything that is out of the ordinary, like two punters, is no doubt predicated to I get what you're saying. a future move we don't know about yet. So to be honest with you, Lance, we'll probably do another show this afternoon just because there's going to be a bunch of other stuff that happens. Um, that said... That all of that said, uh, Zach Gentry uh, getting cut, I think, is, is yeah. uh, an interesting move in the sense that uh, they're keeping two defined tight ends and the fullback slash tight end, which is interesting in Connor Hayward. But uh, Darnell Washington, I wasn't sure watching him, and nobody's been a bigger Washington fan than me. I wasn't sure that he would be ready for, for that type of uh, load uh, within the regular season. But if they feel that way, I can see why they'd feel that way. Gentry was, you know, up a bit over minimum. Uh, might be a cost-saving move more than anything, but they want Washington to, to play into the position. I can see why they'd want to do that. Uh, great profile. I don't think he's going to be as good week one as he will be in week 18, but uh, we'll, we'll see how it comes together. Yeah, and I think Connor Hayward gives them some <laughs> flexibility. I think his ability to play the fullback position, H-back, tight end, gives them some flexibility as well uh so you could make that move and 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 that's probably 
you know, who I was most impressed with outside of Kenny Pickett was Connor Hayward, man. He's just a baller. And it's going to be interesting to see how they weaponize him. He can do a lot of things. I mean, I was watching the last Falcon game, and I was just – is that him playing running back? I mean, I was just like – like, he's doing everything. I mean – I mean, I could see hopefully they'll be creative enough, but I, but you know, I don't want to jump out in front of it, but I see some Cal Juszczyk, um in yep. Connor Haywood. The versatility is there. And I think, you know, that goes to what Tomlin says the more you can do, the better yeah, it is. I, I think you're, you're spot on with that. If you watch Hayward over the last couple games, you know, he's a six round pick. He played a decent amount as a rookie and his role progressed as the season went on. I think they have. A, a real mismatch opportunity with him. He's not typical for really anything except for like an old school fullback, but he's really athletic. So I agree with you. There's a lot of use check in him, not probably the blocker that use check was before he kind of made himself into more of a skill position guy. When he was with Baltimore, he was a heavy, heavy package blocker. Hayward can be more of a, a switchblade H back type. I think that's how they'll use him. I think they can get very creative with 12 personnel with him in there. Um, but he's, he's certainly one to watch. I was really impressed with how well he performed with more and more of a workload as the season went on. And I think they can use him situationally uh, to good results. So with that in mind, if you want to run 12 with Connor Hayward and motion him, that, that, I love that. work. I don't see why you couldn't do that. I, I think that's probably what they're going to try to do. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I think we're going to see some 13 I think we're going to see some 12. Yeah, you can do, do 13 uh, with them. That's, I mean, that's it's, athleticism it's be, and blocking. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I think what you see is, again, he's a versatile football player. Looking at this roster, though, I, I when I look at the 53, and of course this isn't the final 53, I'm looking at weaknesses and strengths. Let me identify what I think is a strength. I'm, you're probably going to agree. The defensive line, mm. that that's an absolute strength. That's in terms of depth, top end talent. That has to be one of the better rooms in the National Football League. I mean, of, that, of any position, absolutely. Any, that 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 the defensive line is absolutely stacked in terms of strength. In terms of weaknesses, ironically, it's the defensive backs. I think, and I think that's why you saw the Steelers go out and address it with Desmond King. When I'm looking at this team, that's my trepidation is the defensive backs. I just kind of – there really isn't a guy that's a guy. And it it, it feels like the answers are going to have to come from scheme. Um, and sometimes that's concerning. Uh, they're, they're, like It's like to me when I look at it, it's like a pitcher trying to get a guy out. I mean, at some point in time, man, you can try to be cute. But it's nice to have that 99.9, that 99 mile an hour high cheese that you can go to when you need it. And that's a guy that can just straight up shut somebody down or a guy that's going to highly compete against your number one target or your best option. Um, I'm just a little concerned there. When you look at this roster, what are your strengths and your weaknesses when you look at this roster? I, I hate today. to be unoriginal, but I, I would I would have said the same thing, uh, certainly on the defensive line. And I said multiple times, they're going to cut a really good defensive lineman. They're going to have to. Uh, Bryden Fayoko, I, I think, fits that bill 
very well. Um, the issue was I was really excited when they signed him back in, in March or whenever that was. Um, I, I really appreciated his game after I watched it. The thing is, Keanu Benton came in and did all of that uh, against ones in the preseason. And Benton, to me, looks like th- this guy's a future pro bowler. I mean, he's really, really good. Um, how much he's going to be utilized is a different story. Depends on what they want to do. But Fayoko was signed before Benton was drafted. And I don't know if the Steelers felt that they would not get a chance to get Benton. But, man, he's, that, that kid's good. He's advanced uh, for what he's doing. Bayoko just becomes the odd man out on a very, very deep defensive line. Um, I, I hope he gets an opportunity somewhere because he is a very, very good football player. And I, I liked what he was about. I liked his game. Um, their defensive line is, is stacked. It really is. I mean, Armin Watts, I think, might have been maybe a little bit of a surprise, but it's probably a, a, a price concern in there. There's probably a depth concern uh, in versatility um, from position to position. So I could see why they might keep him. But you're looking at uh, between Adams, Benton, Cam, Leal, Loudermilk, and Ogunjobi, they can do a lot of different things between those six. And they're, they're going to have a, a lot of positive results within that unit. The, the secondary, I might even argue that most teams in the league are going to say they don't have much of a secondary. And it's because secondary is such a fail first position nowadays. Um, right. It, it's, it, it, to some degree, scheme does have to take over. But when the rubber meets the road, it, it's, you know, bros versus Joes. Um, scheme doesn't come down to it as much. It's about this guy beating that guy. I don't know beyond Minka Fitzpatrick if the Steelers have any difference makers uh, within their secondary. We're going to find out. I, I did think to some degree maybe Keanu Neal uh, might have been deemed expendable um, as, as far as that unit is concerned because he's not – they don't use a traditional box safety, and I'm not sure Keanu Neal is anything more than that. Um, it it – I, 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 to be honest with you, I thought the fact that Quan Alexander was wearing number 26 uh, kind of suggested Keanu Neal can be on his way out because Alexander can play either spot, which is really kind of what they wanted uh, Neal to do. Um, the fact he's still there surprised me maybe a little bit, but either way, it's not a good situation if he's on the field, in my opinion. And the Steelers have signed guys like him several times over the past couple of years, and they always end up the same way. <laughs> they, they get targeted a bunch. Um, they're not particularly Mark. athletic anymore. They're not fast. Mark not a whole Barron. lot that you can do. So yeah, Mark Barron is a great example <laughs> of that. As was, um, I wouldn't maybe not John Bostic, but Morgan Burnett was terrible in that kind of a role. Yes. Um, God, they're, they're shit. I can't remember any of them outside of those two now. There, there are others for sure. Um, I felt Quan Alexander could be used um, situationally in in that kind of role. So I didn't think Keanu Neal uh, was going to make the team. Um, Patrick Peterson did some things in preseason that showed he kind of still had some legs and some things that I didn't feel like, um, you know, really made me all that excited to, to watch more of him. Shannon Sullivan, um, very similar to Arthur Mollette. He was a guy that really hasn't had great numbers uh, to this point in his career. Did okay when he was with Pittsburgh. Hopefully uh, Sullivan will be similar to that. Levi Wallace, we know who Levi Wallace is. Um, you hope Joey Porter Jr. is kind of brought in to become the alpha of the unit. He's going to need some time to develop with that. Um, it, James Pierre being there as well. Uh, we'll we'll see what they end up doing uh, as far as Desmond King goes, what move they're going to make there. But I, I think it'd be a cornerback. 
And let's hop into a couple of questions before we get out of here. And I think you just answered Wes's questions. We're going to go into three Wes questions. Big up to Wes. Um, I think you just answered that. I think that he's the guy with the target on his back, James Pierre. The signing of Desmond King can't make James Pierre feel warm and cozy and cuddly this morning. So I think uh, you know he's the guy that probably has the target on his back. But let me jump into the next question from Wes. After watching Kenny, and I know we can't glean a ton from preseason, but he was definitely sparring. I think he's ready to box. And again, listeners, you're checking out the new standard. Look at this stat line. 36 TDs, 12 INTs, 4,312 yards. Is that cap? Is that real? What do those numbers look like to you? You think that's attainable? Those numbers look like seven to me. I mean, <laughs> that's a hell of a year. Um, no way. Sorry. But no, no chance. Um, they're not going to throw the ball that much, in my opinion. Uh, 36 touchdowns on what's going to be probably one of the more run heavier offenses in the league. Um, I, I I hope so. I don't want to dampen anyone's enthusiasm, but those are really high level numbers. Um, I, I don't think they're I don't think that's what Kenny Pickett's stat line is going to look like. I also am not trying to spin this off into a conversation about how he doesn't need that to be his stat line. I am just simply saying I don't think that's going to be a stat line. Um, I think something like 3,300 yards, 22, 23 touchdowns. Um, if he keeps the interceptions under 10, I think this is a 10 or 11 win team. Um, that's more what their aim is going to be. They're not turning over the offense to Kenny Pickett at this point uh, in his career. And I, I'm not sure how much they really want this to be about one person just going out and dominating because I'm not sure that they have that kind of talent. On offense. We'll see. I hope I'm wrong. Um, let's not base it all on game one because that's a very good defensive opponent. But we'll be back here for sure on the new standard throughout the season. And come week four, we'll probably do an in-depth dive into to how this offense is looking. And I hope it's good news. But uh, we'll see. I, I, I think we're way ahead of ourselves in a lot of ways, though. Absolutely. I think you're right. And the first game will be a very good test. Uh, against a very good defensive team. I'm going to assume that Nick Bosa will be playing in game one. I don't think he's played he's in any gonna, preseason game or reported. He's or pop a hamstring or a shoulder in week one, just he, like the last guy that signed the biggest contract in defensive <laughs> player history did. Yeah. Why? I, I, because he didn't go to training camp. Yes, yes. So it's going to be very interesting. A great test in the first game. And, of course, we'll have our breakdown for you Uh, We're going to do that show again next Wednesday and the schedule for this year will be Wednesday and Sundays. We'll do a post game on Sunday. We'll do a breakdown on Wednesday. Very excited about this season. Great performance by the Steelers in the preseason, but we're going to go ahead and get out of here. I want to thank everybody for chiming in. Please like and subscribe to the new standard. And also you can catch us via podcast, but as always, please tune in, tell a friend and subscribe. Go Steelers.